The following show contains spoilers for Alien Covenant. It's Covenant, Chris, not coveted. Covenant! Well, it's covert. Hey, Alien Covert, yeah. That'd be a good name. We could survive that. We could survive that. We could survive... What's happening? Covenant, do you read me? Hello and welcome to We Could Survive That, your survival guide to the movies. I'm Jenk, and today I'm joined by an out-of-place biblical reference. It's Chris. Hello. And Prometheus came down and something, something. And it went back up and came back down. And it went to the side and then to the right. And then it went in, out, in, out. You shake it all about. Then it, uh, it blew up. And then we get Alien Covenant. That was a perfect reenactment of Prometheus, <laughs> was it? I don't know. Yeah, the ship flies around a lot and then crashes. It does, yes. Not good piloting in this film. Or any alien film, really. All the pilots are a bit shit and crash. It's because they're xenomorphs and facehuggers. They are oddly distracting when trying to fly. Yes, I've encountered several difficulties while trying to pilot and one of them is attacking. But I've still done it successfully, that's why I'm here. Yes, because you're a survival expert. And this week, we are going to be trying to survive Alien Covenant. And we're also going to be talking about it uh, in terms of our thoughts, feelings and emotions on that particular film. So let's kick off with our review a bit, Chris. What the hell was the plot of Alien Covenant? <laughs> it's quite simple, really. You've got a colonisation. Wow, that is a difficult word to say. No. And it's a colony ship. <laughs> I was going to say a colonization mission. A coronation? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. No, I really don't. Try and say it again. You've got a colony ship. Wow, ah. that is so difficult. <laughs> and it's travelling from Earth to another planet. I forget the name, something six. It's going to take seven years, four months. And basically the idea is they land and then they populate the planet. They start up a, uh, a second human race on there. As they're going along, all the crew's in hypersleep, apart from Michael Fassbender's uh, robot called... Uh, uh, Walter. Walter, yes, that's it, which is one of the synthetic robots, which is in every alien film. And basically, as they're going along, they uh, have a bit of trouble, some damage, some crew wakes up, and then they intercept a broken message of a lady singing from an unknown planet. And they go to investigate because they take some scans of the planet and they realise this could be better to live on. Turns out this woman is the lady from the first Prometheus, Elizabeth Shaw, and um, the events that follow do not bode well for the crew. So, that's the plot, Chris. What did you think of the actual film? Did you like it? Were there twists I... and turns that you enjoyed? Was it horrific and bloody enough for you? It didn't end how I expected it to. I thought the storyline was okay. It gave explanations and origins to the actual xenomorphs and the facehuggers and stuff. And uh, you can now trace the entire evolution of the uh, Xenomorph from Prometheus into the Alien films. I don't think people really cared about that in the first yes, place. Yes, that's what so, I was going to ask you. So, uh, that's the thing with these films. I've not seen Prometheus, and I've only watched the two good Alien films. Prometheus. I don't know. <laughs> I don't particularly want to either. So, the thing is, is this a story that needed to be told? No. And is this a story that... Ridley Scott while he was making the first Alien was this the backstory that he had in mind whilst he was making that original film probably not I, yeah because it's so convoluted isn't it the whole creation of the yeah. aliens that it, he couldn't have possibly been making Alien and go yeah there was this a robot called, to make it. yeah there's a <laughs> robot called Dave that made them it, it's a story that doesn't need to be told and if you're trying to explain the origins of the aliens, wh why can't they just be just aliens? Yeah, they were just created, weren't they? It was just a, they evolved from single-cell organisms or whatever. They didn't have to be made. Because how it actually would go, it would be the engineers, who are the people on the planet you saw die. Yeah, the pale, giant people. They created humans, which was found out in Prometheus. Yeah. Then humans obviously created the synth. And then from there, the synths then, specifically David went on to create the aliens from mutations from these other aliens he got from Prometheus. Why couldn't the aliens, the Xenomorphs, just have evolved on a really harsh planet to live on? Why... Fighting predators. <laughs> Fighting predators <laughs> and other aliens and things like that. Why does it have to be so freaking convoluted and a Jesus metaphor? Because, uh, oh, did you know in Prometheus that Jesus was a engineer? 
Yes, because it shows at the start of the film, and one of the engineers on Earth, and he basically kills himself to create life on the planet. Suddenly, it's just rocks and water, and that creates Earth. This whole film is all very. I want to meet my creator, and Which I want is... to create babies that are weird, terrifying aliens with acid blood. Which is what all of Prometheus is about. The very start of this film shows Wayland creating the first synth, which was David. Dave, yeah. And then he's saying about... And he looks away and he's like, oh, you're going to die though one day. You know, what about all that? And that's what the entire Prometheus film is actually about, is Wayland sneaks himself onto the ship to go find the engineers because he wants to ask the engineers, you made us, how can I live longer? The engineer just kills him. So <laughs> I've got the answer to your question. Eat, Eat healthy. healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do your exercises. Yeah, that's the kind of themes that the film was going for. I don't, I'm not going to an alien film to have themes of creation and stuff like that. And they were handled not so heavy-handedly that I felt that I was being beaten over the head, but it was kind of distracting. The Dave elements of it, I'm going to just call him Dave, but <laughs> of him creating the aliens. I can see why, because he's been on this planet stranded for years and he's probably got to keep himself busy somehow but my feeling with this film is that it probably didn't need to be made to explain the aliens uh now speaking of the aliens we get a few variations of them some of them we tolerated some of them we did not like chris let's start with the pale aliens chris neomorph (laughs) neomorphs yes they look like shit they were terrible (laughs) these are they look similar to the xenomorphs, except obviously they're completely white and pale. Their head's more smaller and a lot around. And basically these are created by the the uh, the virus sort of infecting you. The virus from the first one, that is. Infects you, burrows into you, and then the alien bursts out of you. But it comes out your back as a part. Or your or mouth. Or your front. It just comes out it just from comes wherever. Out, yeah. And uh, these aliens were the precursors to the xenomorphs. Because uh, David had face huggers at this point, but he had no living thing to test them on. Yeah, so he couldn't make anything. And yeah. people are a big part of the xenomorph's life cycle. So yeah. he's he's short on them because Dr. Shaw has died. We're told in the crash, but it turns out that David has just experimented on her to the point where she's died. And he's cut her open. And yeah, that's a shocking a twist. Did you expect her to come back in some form, or were you probably thinking, yeah, she's dead? I thought that she would have a cameo in this film, perhaps, like, she would turn up and be like, oh, I'm glad you guys are here, I'm going to save you all, and then she dies. And I wasn't entirely sure if we was going to see David at all, because I thought, well, they've got Michael Fassbender playing a new robot, he probably won't have him doing this, but they completely switched that around on me, yes. so that was a surprise. I had a feeling, though, that when it showed him killing the civilization and stuff, I was like... Did she die in a crash? I'll believe him for now. Because when I had like the grave and laying the flower down, I was like, okay, maybe she did, and he, he's been nice. Oh, no, he did. No, yeah. I think they gave that, uh, that revelation away too quickly where it was him that murdered all of the engineers. Because you meant to be, oh, is Dave, can we trust him? Um, nope, he committed genocide. I mean, I sort of expected him to attack the, uh, the engineers anyway because at the end of Prometheus, Shaw wants to go to the engineers' planet to ask them and basically to beat them up because she's mad at them. Because <laughs> they find out this virus, uh, the planet they find it on, because the planet Prometheus was like a production facility for this virus. Yeah. And they discover that it was intended for Earth. The yeah, engineers. and they were going to try and kill yeah, humanity. They, yeah, they looked at Earth and thought, you know what, we messed this up. And we killed slated. Jesus, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's their grudge with it. The best parts of the film, I think, do come with Fassbender acting against Fassbender. They're definitely some of the most creepy parts yeah. with the recorder <laughs> scene there was we, a kiss between them two and the fan fiction is going to explode yeah now. that's what i was thinking when <laughs> when i was watching that scene i was like the slash fiction for fastbender and mcavoy and x-men is bad fastbender and fastbender in this is going to be off the charts do you know what the funniest line or most unintentionally fun line from this film is yes it's uh, when he's trying to teach me to play the flute and he's holding it up. This is uh, David Fassbender's holding it up. And he's like, you blow, I'll do the fingering. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. No, they must have realised. Come on. Now, did they put that in there as a little joke because of the fan fiction? I don't know, but that is such a wrong line. <laughs> if I mean, they didn't realise, then 
They're they definitely realised. They definitely realised. <laughs> they must have known. Yes. I'll do the fingering. <laughs> but yeah, some of the best, uh, most creepy scenes come from Fassbender's acting. He goes proper full deadpan psychopath in this with David, which I, I liked. And I thought he was he's a uncomfortable presence throughout the the film. And I like that. He's, he's a clever antagonist, but I'm not sure. I, he's not necessary. That's the thing. I know he makes well, the, the aliens, line, but yeah. he is. But did he need to be? Because that's my problems with this film is that it, it explains something that doesn't need explaining, and that's probably the biggest issue I have with it. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have the aliens back, but yeah, the CG pale ones were bad. They were really bad. When they were in their small versions, when they first pop out, they were the worst. Yeah, definitely. When it was, uh, you know big and tall and stuff I thought that was a bit better I didn't like it standing upright like a person yeah, I, pre- I prefer it when it's on all fours yeah it's skulking around yeah. corners and stuff and when you see it standing up right in front of someone it's, it's maybe... it loses something because it's, it's a thin body isn't it and you want it like creature like and skulking mm. and in the shadows don't you I'm waiting get... to, for someone to go into an air vent and then hug them to death <laughs> whatever happens <laughs> well, yeah. it's meant to be like uh, evolution isn't it Oh, look, it used to go on all fours, now standing upright sort of thing. But that doesn't make sense, because from the timeline-wise, this is the first appearance of the alien. And then it goes... They de-evolve, then. They, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I don't understand that aspect. And I probably never will. The next one's the CG on the Xenomorph. Was better than the uh, Neomorph, but bloody hell. It was nowhere as good as it should have been. Do you think it they was... were overexposed, the aliens? Shown too much. Yeah. Yes, because that's what made the first Alien film so good. It was a horror survival. Using the ship, I mean, the most you saw the alien was its tail, its hand, and, you know, the face coming out the shadows with the mini face in its mouth. You never really got full body shots of it until the very end. Yeah. Which made it good. I mean, that's understandable because we know what the alien looks like and part of the horror of aliens or any creature feature is what is this thing stalking us? And you do eventually get that uh, reveal of what the creature is. So there's not really a need because everyone knows what an alien looks like. But still, play to its strengths. It's a weird skulking creature that attacks from the shadows. So yeah. Predators, the more creature you show the full body of running at you, going to take you out. Yeah, but even then, Predator's a stealth attacker. So play to its strengths. It's a weird thing that makes noises. And you hear that, you know, oh, things are about to get acidic, mm. so to speak. The best CG I thought went to the face huggers. Were they CG though? Because you can. Um, well, when it was on the face, I thought those weren't CG. Those were obviously prosthetics. But you know, when it's crawling, running around the room and stuff, that was obviously a CG. I thought that was very well done. Yeah, and that was a shot for like ten seconds. So I probably couldn't. So you can't tell. Pick so yeah. you can't. <laughs> yeah, compare really. The alien fights where Catherine Waterstone, who plays Danielle. Uh, she's. I think she's the technician that deals with all of the terraforming of the planets, growing food and making it habitable and stuff. Uh, the fight between her and the aliens, the one on the ship where T comes down to pick them up, that was a good uh, showdown. Uh, but the final one was a bit of a letdown, I'd say. Yeah, see, I thought what was going to happen, they were going to um, get off the planet with an alien on board, and there was going to have quite a long segment of cat and mouse between them and alien on the ship. Because it's perfect with the, the small round corridors. I thought, if there's a power cut, power goes out. I was waiting to see they got out the motion sensor detectors on the guns, like Bam. in the first alien. Yeah. You know, they go along, and it's like... Doot, doot, None doot, of that, because they doot, had and, David yeah. in the control room. Which sort of took it away. Well, well David, I mean Walter. Uh, Walter. Pretending <laughs> Walter, quote-unquote... So yeah. Um, yeah, I was hoping that scene was gonna be a lot longer and a lot more like the first Alien film, but they got it over quite quickly. I thought. Yeah, and it was towards the end of the film, so they probably had to rush to catch, yeah. uh, get everything within the time limit. Mm. Did this film feel long to you? I know, I know, it was two hours, but not it... really. No, there was a couple moments where I thought it was gonna end, and I was like, it can't end now because it wouldn't make sense, and it didn't. So I was, I was glad it it didn't end at those points, but yeah, it just felt like. Yeah, 
Underwhelming. <laughs> underwhelming. That's the word. I can okay, really can't yeah. think of it. Well, you gave me a quote, Chris. Once, <laughs> once <don't>. this film <laughs> ended, which I think perfectly sums up uh, my opinion and your opinion, probably some of the die-hard Alien fans. Um, you said, "Oh, so I guess David made the aliens." That that summed up everything perfectly, especially <laughs> oh. I guess it was David. <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, it's probably a bit underwhelming. The aliens, they're a presence, but they're not the driving force. The driving force of the story is David. And the twist at the end, where after their fight, David and Walter have a fight when everyone realises, yes, this super creepy android is super creepy and dangerous <laughs> and we should probably leave. They have a tussle, and after that tussle... David swaps places with Walter, so Walter's probably been decommissioned or terminated or exterminated or, sorry, <laughs> or <eight>. deleted or <laughs> any other robot uh, catchphrase, but he's been taken out of commission. And when uh, Danielle and T are put into uh, cryo sleep, uh, she then catches on that it's not Walter, it's, it's David, and he's now got. 2,000 people to do alien experiments on and uh, that's probably what he's going to do and that's going to lead into uh, Prometheus slash Alien 3. So... No, I don't think it will. Why? Do you think they'll not make any more films? I mean, this it's not bad enough to not justify a sequel. Yeah, but, I mean, but it's not brilliant enough to really justify one either, in my opinion. The only way they can make the sequel is if they arrive on the planet David, you see him store two embryos which will grow into the eggs that contain the face huggers. Yeah. I mean, the only sequel they can make really is him him doing that and then, like, Daniels or T or... Or one of the colonists waking, waking up, up and finding out what he's up. doing. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or you... they could do something that they did to this where they stumble upon David again who's crashed and who's again... <laughs> I, I just don't... There will probably be a third one but I, I, I didn't see the need for this film... And I'm not going to see the need for the third, a third one. one. No, because you know what's going to happen. He's going to get on that planet. He'll get the aliens going. He'll take out all the crew and stuff. He'll have leftover eggs. He'll disappear because obviously there's no mention of him at all in the first alien film. And then Ripley's crew will then come across it. And then you'll just get alien. Yeah. If they do make the third one, it would just be to explain what happens to him, really. Exactly. I don't know whether he started off as the overall arcing... Uh, villain for the prequels but no. i i doubt it and yeah i don't see the need for it for for this film and at what point do the prequels start taking away from the original alien taking what, away yeah at what point does it get oh okay it was just all david and this is just far-fetched and at what point does it start taking away now <laughs> <laughs> Uh, definitely if they make a third one then it'll be like just leave it alone I want my Ripley with my Sigourney Weaver fighting alien in a giant robot suit while protecting a little girl can't, I can't argue with that because that's, that's what I want and we've got that we've got that in two decent films so they they, they would probably would have done better to put the alien in different environments because we've seen aliens in spaceships yeah bit of variety it might not work but still they tried alien on planet with temple and uh people are i want an alien stuff. in an office block belco style baby <laughs> <laughs> i want it'll an... be shit but i don't care <laughs> sick of we've, space we've corridors already got, that. already got that alien versus predator 2 when they're in the hospital i don't give a shit about that <laughs> i told you i only watched <laughs> the good aliens and that's not a good one <laughs> it's not no also james franco cameo in this for like 10 seconds oh yeah poor franco <laughs> Now, I think they did that to go, hey, we've got James Franco. Oh, no, he's dead. Like Sean Bean in Game of Thrones. I think they were going for the shock factor. But the thing is, we have to know it's James Franco. And I didn't know until there was that until tablet after he died. YouTube yeah. clip. So, yes. Alien Covenant, Chris. Watch or don't watch. If you've seen your Alien films and you've seen Prometheus, going on the fact that it's better than what Prometheus was... And it does tie up a lot of loose things like Prometheus leaves. Does it tie them it, all up? Not all of them, but the majority. 
give it a watch at least once. Um, up to you if you watch it again. I don't think you will. I won't, and I will say, don't watch. <laughs> really, don't watch. Yes, like I said, I'm not particularly invested in. But the, other people, the, other people might be, be, and this is just me. I'm, I'm not saying. Well, that's what I am saying. I'm saying don't watch, but still. I, I probably... I'm not going to watch it again. What if people have seen Prometheus, though? I don't know, because I've not seen Prometheus, so I can't comment on that. It's worth watching if you have seen Prometheus, because it, it will wash out the bad taste Prometheus left. Slightly, probably. And then you watch Aliens, you know what? I'd and wipe the bad better. taste out of Prometheus out of your mouth? Aliens! Or Alien! Alien. John Hurt. Or Independence Day! <laughs> or Independence <laughs> Day 2. No! Not that. Definitely not that. Yeah, this is this is better than Independence Day too, but yeah, it's, but, not, it's not the worst alien film. No, but it's well it's shot an... and well acted, but I well it's act. unnecessary. Yeah, with poor CG, okay storyline, but overall not needed. It's more it was a film that was done more for money than Ridley Scott going. You know what? I want to give an origin to my creations. Is no Ridley, we don't want it. We don't want it, and we don't need it. Shut your pie hole, Ridley. <laughs> All this film's done is made me concern for Blade Runner now. Ah, scary stuff. Yes. <laughs> right, Chris. Well, we are now moving into the survivally guide bit. Now, instead of the usual going through all the deaths, I've got a list of all the stupid fucking mistakes the crew made <laughs> during this adventure. Okay. Most of them are from the captain. This is why he wasn't captain in the first place. <laughs> yes, yeah, so James Franco was meant to be the captain, but something goes wrong with his cryopod when this uh, space pulse thing damages the solar recharger and plays havoc with some of the ship's uh, infrastructure. So his pod gets set on fire and he dies. The second in command, this religious guy, what's his name? I can't remember his name. His name's Chris. Is it Chris? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> So, Chris is now in charge. <laughs> and, Yay! Uh, his one character trait is, I'm a religious man and people think I'm crazy. He also says the corporation, whatever he's working for, well, like they didn't want me in charge because they can't have a man of faith in charge of a scientific mission. Yeah, I think... So why is he like, second in command? <laughs> yeah, good point. I also think they didn't want him in command because he's terrible in command. He's no good. He's very inexperienced. Yeah, inexperienced and nervy. So the first stupid choice that he makes is they pick up this signal from Elizabeth Shaw. And because this planet is closer and they don't have to go back into the cryopods, they all take a vote and go, yeah, we'll go to this planet. I mean, we'll be there in a week. And we've definitely had more time to study the planet that we were originally going to go to. But yeah, let's just wander into this planet that we have no prior knowledge of just because it's in the Goldilocks zone. We don't know if there's oxygen or water or anything there. But yeah, we'll go there. It's because they get the transmission, isn't it, of a human voice. I think there's got to be another human there, so it must be livable. Obviously, it was just David sending out repeat signals. Yeah, so it ends up being... A trap. It's a trap! Yes, correct. Cool. So... That's the first stupid mistake. Now, I can understand going and having a look at the planet, but when you actually get there and the crew get there and they see the planet, it's not pretty and lovely to look at. It's a dark, gloomy, grey ball of death with hurricanes and lightning storms all around it. Well, the area they land in, though, there's... Yeah, but they have to get through all of that and the radio interference to get to there. It's just a thunderstorm, or an ion storm, as they call it. Yes, and how long does an ion storm last? Well, according to Forever? David, it can go for months. Would you want to live on a planet that has storms for months? I like storms, so yay. Even ion storms? Never been in one, so I can't say. If I can still get Wi-Fi signal, we're good. You can't, though, can you? Because <laughs> they can't talk to the ship, so Wi-Fi's a no-go, I'm afraid, Chris. Fiber optic? Nope. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. Oh... Next stupid mistake that they make, when they go down to this planet that they've not had time to properly dissect and get a good grasp on, they don't go wearing any breathing apparatus or biohazard suits. I mean, they've probably got ship scanners that show the air breathable, but still, anything could be down there. A T-Rex, a mummy, 
of Frankenstein. Unlikely. Frankenstein was a doctor. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I was surprised they didn't have some sort of uh, breathing apparatus on at first. Not necessarily, like you said, not necessarily for the ox- oxygen, but unknown diseases and stuff down there, which ends up infecting yeah, two of them viruses, anyway. spores, yeah. uh, anything could have been there that was nasty. Um, anything was down there, which is no good. It's no good at all. Um, I have a question about this. They uh, they find fields or uh, uh, some wheat growing in a field, and they're like, oh, it's human veg- vegetation. How to get out here so far? Obviously, I thought, oh, Elizabeth planted it. But from the film, it looks like David took her out pretty early. So did he plant it just to see? No, I think it was the engineers. Because the engineers, obviously, despite being giant pale dudes, they still need to eat things. So logic would dictate that corn is a alien plant. And then when the engineers went to Earth to create life, they brought some of their vegetation Right. to Earth so that they could eat and, and stuff. So that's where I thought it was going, but that's not planned, I, I don't think. I'm not sure if that was Ridley's intention. Uh, the next mistake that I've got written down, or the big doo-doo that they step in, is uh, is um it's not the captain's mistake. It's the um, it's T's wife and Chris's uh, wife, uh, who's the botanist of the, the team, yeah. I think. Uh, that's not really explained but yeah one of these soldiers gets sick he steps on a, a spore pod and he gets infected and he's taken to the landing ship's medical bay and then he starts to convulse and the alien pops out of his back and T's wife locks Chris's wife in there with the alien and it falls down on the floor in a splat having killed one of your crewmates why doesn't she just step on it? What, she the, the, the alien, yes. <laughs> She's locked in there. This thing has just came out of one of her friends. I would step on it. Yeah, because it doesn't get up right away, does it? It slops onto the floor and sort of lays it there for a minute. Splats. Yeah, step on the bastard. Why does T's wife lock the doctor's um, doctor's wife lock <laughs> lock the captain's wife in there as well? I guess she freaks out because you know his back's starting to explode. Yeah, but she runs out and just closes the door and locks her in there. I think she panics because she probably thinks that they've both been contaminated with whatever causes the convulsions. He does vomit on her, doesn't he? So exactly, maybe. yeah. But again, that doesn't make sense from her point of view. Or maybe, well, because she panics, but she also gets blood on her face. Exactly. So if, so. Her, if her way of thinking is it's, it's transmitted in the blood, then she is more likely to be infected. And maybe she doesn't. She's probably not thinking clearly because an alien coming out of someone's back is a pretty terrifying thing. And that effect is pretty good. I, I do like the body horror elements of this film as well. Okay. You know what the other stupid thing is? As they come off the landing ship, the captain shouts back to T's wife, full security procedures, keep this lockdown door shut. The door's never shut. Nope. Okay, she's out of it the entire time. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Add it to your list. <laughs> it's on the list, Chris. Stupid mistakes. Not following proper procedure. Yet T's wife also makes another mistake. When the alien manages to break out of the medical bay, she grabs a shotgun and tries to shoot it. Now, she's not the best at aiming. She's a pilot, essentially, is her job. And she misses the alien, ends up shooting an explosive tank, which blows up the whole ship and the rest of the crew's uh, chance of escaping. The alien escapes, obviously, and she's killed. What I would do is I would leave the ship, close the door and lock the alien in and wait for the actual military guys. Because there's a few, there's a colonel or a sergeant. There's a sergeant, yeah. yeah. So you'd, you'd wait for him. He's obviously the security, so mm. he doesn't last very long. I think he's cannon fodder and he gets murdered at some point, but still. No, he's not. He's right to the very end. Right till the very end until he's jumped on and gets his head bitten off. Yeah, how does he die? <laughs> he gets jumped on and gets his head bitten off. Well, yeah, you wait for them, keep the alien contained, and then go, hey, that thing ate everyone. Of course, it would have grown by then, because they grow really fast. They do, yeah, but not super quick, because they're still quite small by the second attack. It's only by the third attack, when they get to David's little base, that they become human size. Mm. That's still never explained, how they grow really quickly. Yeah, but as, as with the xenomorphs, they always grow really, really quickly as well. I mean, even if it's the first alien we film. We need another trilogy to explain that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Davidson and Planet Black. I can make them grow faster and faster. Yeah, so that's a that's a mistake. Uh, next mistake, following a sinister robot. 
Would you follow a sinister robot? Well, they, uh, they don't know it's a robot. All they know is they were getting attacked by all these small creatures. They don't know what they are. A guy turns up and saves their asses and says, come with me. You come with all... me if you want to live. He's a robot and he's... <laughs> saves them. Yeah. He's a Terminator. That choice I can understand because you're in the middle of this field. You don't know the planet. Your ship's destroyed. These things are attacking you. This guy's just saved you. He obviously has a, some more knowledge than what you do. So yeah. I, I understand the decision to follow okay. them. Now, would you still stay with the sinister robot if when you got to his base he was still talking about chemical weapons? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, to be honest, when he pulled the hood down, I would have seen he was one... Obviously, because they all recognise him as one of these synth robot things. Yeah, as um, Walter. Yeah. Because uh, that's their their synth. So, I, I don't know. At that point, they probably would have relaxed him and like, okay, we're not sure how he got here, but we built these, we can trust them. Because up until this point, they've got no reason not to trust these. Yeah, and Walter's a pretty stand-up guy, isn't he? Yeah. He punched an alien in the face, so... And lost his hand to save one of them, yeah, so... Exactly. I can kind of gather, but when he starts talking about chemical weapons, that's a tiny bit sinister. Uh, Another silly mistake, venturing around an alien temple on your own. And yeah. then having a shower. I was waiting for a shower thing to happen. <laughs> oh yeah, because we got a showery scene in the uh, in the trailers, but... Yeah, you'd want to stay in groups, wouldn't you? Or pairs. It's an unfamiliar territory. Yeah. There's a sinister robot talking about chemical weapons. And there are weird alien monsters trying to eat your brains. But then the sinister robot did assure you you're perfectly safe here. Obviously he was lying, but... Clearly! (laughs) But still. I was wondering, I was like, how can they be safe there? I was like, he's got no defences. The aliens don't stop. And I was like... Ah, right. He's He's lying. He's lying, of course. The aliens won't bother going for him because... They don't see him as food or whatever. We're saying that the alien queen in Aliens did go for the the synth guy and pulled him to bits. So I'm not sure how safe synths are. Depending on the screenwriting, obviously, is how safe they are. Well, Fastbender's synth is their creator. They recognise him. Yeah, there's one scene where a chestburster comes out and Fastbender holds up his hands and then the alien holds up his hands. What? Yes, <laughs> yeah. I did. I don't appreciate that at all. Uh, that was bad CG on that. Yes, small xenomorph as well. That's going to be a glyph. The xenomorph yeah, raising his it hands will be. in the air. They must have Pump spent... up the volume. <laughs> <laughs> they must have spent all the money on Fastbender to convince him to come back after Prometheus failed. Yeah, come back twice. Did he get double pay? I don't know. Maybe you'd have to ask Fastbender. The lady who wanders off on her own. She cleans her wounds. And she turns around after hearing the sound, and it's a fully formed uh, xenomorph. And she goes, oh yes, it is the pale one, sorry. Uh, She goes for her gun, but she's too slow and it munches her head. How did it sneak up? I don't know. It's sneaky. Mm. It looks wet, so it must make a drippy, sloppy sound. Yeah, but she's she's right next to a fountain running water, isn't she? Yeah. I want to wash my wounds in that water, though. No, that could be anything. A dirty temple Especially water. Especially if he's talking about chemical weapons. Exactly. Who knows what he's put in it? Exactly. Next thing uh, is uh, back to the captain, because he's Captain Mistakey Pants. So um, he shoots the Neomorph uh, after uh, it's eaten one of his crew members. And when David is trying to go, hey, look. We're, we're friends. You don't need to shoot it. He shoots it anyway, and then David flips his shit and goes, Ah, why did you shoot it? Because it ate one of my friends. That's why, you prick. Captain doesn't take this as a as a warning, and then calmly follows David down into a basement, and then calmly sticks his head over a thing, and then it's a face hugger, and then he gets face hugged, and then an alien pops out, and then the alien pumps up the volume. Dance, dance, <laughs> dance. So would you have followed him down into that basement? No, at this point. Also, the Captain Marine's unnaturally calm throughout all of this. He's killed the alien. He looks at the floating, decapitated head of his crewmate. And he's just like, okay, Okay. it's happened. Yeah, and then he walks through David's dissection of all of these creatures, of the aliens. Was Elizabeth's body in that room or was it in a different room? Different room. Because had he seen that, he probably might have clicked that point and been like, oh, that's oh what dear. it would have taken. Yeah. A body. A human body. That's all warning signs that he's a nutbag. Yeah. Shoot yeah. him in his head. But in his words... His oh, robot head. <laughs> in his words, though, O oh, ye of little faith. So perhaps he's like, no, 
I will be guided by my faith. I should follow the killer robot. Any other crew member would not have followed the sinister robot who's dissecting everything. Yep, couldn't agree more, Chris. Uh, More stupid mistakes. This next one is on Danielle, who leaves two identical robots to fight on their own. No witnesses. So one of them could easily swap identities. Like David does. So (laughs) I get that you don't want to be there because, one, the synths are a lot stronger than any normal human. So you'd probably be killed fairly quickly or thrown about. But still, you'd want to be there, A, to make sure that David's dead. And B, that no... uh, Switchery has happened. (laughs) Yes, switchery, yes. That's on her, definitely. I don't think so. I disagree with that one. Okay, what would you have done then? What she did. Would you have run? He does um, see uh, good fastbender, I forgot his name, Walter. Walter, yeah. Just say, he's like, go, get out, run, you know, because she's got to put down a beacon to see how the ship can find him. He's like, I've got one hand, I can easily deal with this guy. I'm a superior (laughs) model. Which he is. He is a superior model. He does have the Clearly not, because he loses. Yeah, but you don't see how. There's obviously some sort of surprise attack with a knife. I mean, he, he gets stabbed in the neck and he's fine. Granted, he like closes up into like a spider type thing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like their on-off switch or something, or their reset button. That made me jump. Well, the sudden when he stabbed him, yeah, because his eyes went away. Like, one went one jump scare got me. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I saw you jump. The people next to me, the man and woman to my right, jumped as well. Yeah, but it was the out of sync. Uh, well, not out of sync, but usually when a chest burst to come out, someone convulses as well. But this time it was just splat and blood popping and stuff but that's the only time it got scary for me i mean you jumped well you got scared when the i say get scared i jumped i jumped chris shot the neomorph yeah that made me jump (laughs) but yeah i I like that it didn't rely on jump scares which is good i don't like quite quite bang horror because that's not horror that's just lazy makes you jump though yeah but it's a cheap jump uh, you want the sustained fear type jump? I want a, I want an uneasy air of tension, playing a recorder style, and uh, an exact replica of me wanting to kiss me. That's uncomfortable tension and horror. Yeah, and he kissed. He kissed I oddly uh, sounded homophobic well. there. A little bit, more, you did. I'm more against a clone of me kissing me. Have you seen me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm horrible. Right. <laughs> Moving on, self-deprecating humour aside, shower sex after all of your friends have been murdered by an alien. Way too calm. <laughs> T, he gets over the death of his wife quite quickly. Well, I think he's coping with it because he's got other things to deal with. But those two? They do they not care, do they? They don't care. His death and destruction, these aliens, horrific things. Let's have shower sex. <laughs> they pay for their shower sex by getting eaten by an alien, but which then- is shown in the trailer then I suppose those two never went down to the planet, did they? So they didn't have to deal with it all. They stayed up on the ship the entire time. It's still, though, pick your moments. Yeah, they are. They're letting <laughs> us, you know, there's tension out there. So, oh, my God, this has just happened. We need, a, we need a release. That's sexy shower time. Oh, sexy shower time. I wish I were playing Wham. You know, Careless Whisper? With the saxophone? From Deadpool? Moving on. <laughs> The biggest problem and biggest error, in my humble opinion, is at the end. The crew wanted to go to the new planet because it was closer and they wouldn't have to go back into cryopods uh, to get there because it was only a week away. But at the end of the film, they decide to go to the other planet and they decide to go back into the cryopods. Well, the thing is, they don't... The thing that they didn't want to get into. (laughs) The thing that made them go to this death planet. To be fair, there were only two of them left, and they had been through the ringer, so maybe a nice sleepy time would have been good. Yeah. But still! Should have just done it in the first place. Yes! (laughs) Sure, eh? It would have been a lot simpler. I, um... Yeah, and then the plan... And then the ship wouldn't have been overtaken by an evil killer robot that's going to make a 2,000 xenomorphs out of... However many people. 2,000. Yes, <laughs> 2,000. That's an embryo. I've got whatever. one other issue. Because the second alien appears on the ship because it bursts out the chest of the guy who had his face burnt. So 
how did the egg get inside him? Did David put it in him, or did the face hugger no. lay the egg before they got it off of his face? Yeah, face hugger got him first. I don't think it did. It did because uh, he there's two armed guards, and one of them gets the face hugger. The other one tries to peel it off with a knife, and then it eventually lets go. And then guy that gets his face burnt runs off, whilst the guy that saved him is getting eaten by an alien. So that's what happens there. So he's he's obviously been face hugged. Ah, uh, see, I, I wasn't sure if it was on there long enough to, you know, secrete the egg, sort of thing. Whether it got on a good enough grip. Well, that's I... the thing with the face huggers. Everyone that gets a face hugger on is infected because that's the only time that they let go because they've got an ironclad grip. I mean, they look like a vagina hand. It's scary. That's what isn't that's it? what yeah. they are with a tail. So the only time they let go is once they've they've done it. See, I had a feeling that David had done something because um, he was tending to his wound. I don't know whether he'd put a strand of the virus onto the thing that he covered his wound yeah, with. Yeah, no, it was the it was the face hugger. It was the face so, hugger. Right, yeah. okay, that clears it up for me. Good. Well, that was Alien Covenant. It was a mediocre film with good acting and it looked pretty. Uh, so, Chris, shall we get on with some news now? Some news? Some what news, news do you have for me? I have much news. First off, the Blade Runner trailer. What did you think? First off, the music. They kept the music from the first film... Same sort of style and stuff, same tunes. I like that. It gave me a nostalgic feeling. Overall, the trailer wasn't disappointed. I was just... I wasn't as impressed as what I was hoped I was going to be. Because when I think of Blade Runner, I think of just a film. Because the entire Blade Runner film is at night in a rainy city. When you think of Blade Runner, film, you think of Blade Runner, I think of Blade film. Runner, yeah. So, <laughs> good, good, nicely cleared up. When I watched this trailer, what I was thinking is Ghost in the Shell. And we know how that turned out. So yes, I'm, I'm worried the, about this because I've not seen the original uh, Blade Runner. Does it? Does it have that sort of aesthetically? Does it look the same? Yes, but not as you know advanced because it's an '80s film. So, yeah. I mean, they have Atari logos and stuff up. So, <laughs> <laughs> which apparently is in this trailer. I didn't see it, but there is an Atari logo in this trailer. As okay, well. I'll take your word for that. Yeah, I didn't get the same vibe as I do from the first one. I got more of a Ghost in a Shell than a Blade Runner type thing, which upsets me. And now, because I've seen this Alien film. I'm now even more concerned for the Blade Runner film. Right. Well, then we've got some new stuff to the trailer. Uh, Jared Leto creepily touching a robot's face. Um, we got Dave Bautista throwing someone through a wall, wearing little tiny glasses that make him look like an owl. Is Jared Leto and Dave Bautista in this? Yes! I'm going to have to rewatch this trailer. <laughs> oh, God, you have to learn some people. <laughs> yeah, Jared Leto's the guy with the weird pale eyes and the beard. And then Dave Bautista's the one that goes and throws someone through a wall. Okay. And he's got, he's got the round glasses. He looks like an owl. Drax is in it and the Joker, so it must be okay. Well, one of those guys is okay. Joker. No, it's Dave. <laughs> it's clearly Dave. Dave is the best. Uh, it's some more news, Chris, because we're in the news segment, so... <laughs> Go on. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Uh, Judge Dredd. I've put dress in my t- in my notes. But Judge dress, <laughs> Judge Dread. Uh, they're considering making a TV series, uh, Mega City One, which is the yeah. city that it's based in. Netflix. I- I'm not sure. That's all I know is that they're considering doing a TV series with Carl Urban. I don't know. I hope so. Carl Urban's Dread film is underrated and is pretty solid stuff, and. We should do a podcast about it because it's it's really good. Have we it, not done that? We've not done an episode on it. No. We have watched it though, haven't we? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, it's a really good film, and it's a shame that it bombed at the box office because it's brilliant stuff. There was meant to be a sequel to it. Well, loads of fans have been petitioning, and Carl Urban's been petitioning, but the studios aren't going to go for it. Uh, sadly, but a TV show, it probably won't start. Carl Urban, so don't mm. pin all your hopes on that. So long as they keep his helmet on and keep the gruff voice and all the expressions come from the shape of the mouth. Would you want it as a sort of police procedural? Yeah, I just want it to be how Dread was. Good. Good. <laughs> I want it to be, you know, because they don't really have procedures. It's we do everything. We are no, the law. No, by police procedural, I mean like a CSI. Every week it's a case and they solve it in 45 minutes. Yeah, sort of. Maybe do a few like that and then have a more of an overarching storyline running alongside it. Like The Flash? If that's what The Flash does. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe it should be like a broad church. I know you don't watch it, but it's six or seven ser- episodes, I mean, and it's one 
case that he's solving. I know it's well. I wouldn't. Don't, I wouldn't they, mind that either. Yeah, so. but I, I know they don't do that in America. Everything has to be twenty four, twenty five episodes long. So they do, they don't do TV like we do here in Britain, the proper way, <laughs> <laughs> the correct way. But yeah, if you want to make it really good, keep it compact. So you can spread the budget, well, you can condense the budget rather than having to spread a million dollars over fifty episodes or whatever. So, and I don't know whether it's live action or it could be animated. Oh, okay. Uh, so th- that would be interesting, but it, it's probably more likely to be live action. Yeah. We also got a, a teaser for the X Men TV show, The Gifted. It was thirty seconds long, and we're getting the proper trailer on Monday, like <laughs> Blade Runner last week. Uh, so, all right. I haven't seen that, so I'll wait for a proper trailer. Yeah. Um. It's produced by Brian Singer, who's doing the X Men. I have no idea what it's about. I don't know whether it's original characters or X Men characters or or what. Connected to the films, anyway. Uh, probably not. It's probably in the same universe as Legion. Uh, is or, or maybe not. We'll see. Okay, I look forward to it. I'm not looking forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest, Chris. Neither am I. (laughs) There we go. Um, Kevin Feige has been talking. Just in general. Okay. That's that's the news. No. (laughs) Um, There was some confusion over who who owns the Watchers, the the rights to the Watchers in film, and it turns out it's Marvel and Fox. And that's the news. They've split it. No, they just share it. I think like they share Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. There are some characters that blend over. I don't know how because I'm not a lawyer. And it's Fair enough. Still, there are some characters that blend over between the two. Not the important characters like Logan. No, of course not. But who owns Stan Lee's character then? Who knows? Stan Lee. Stan Lee. <laughs> yeah. There was uh, some other news. I wasn't going to put it in, but... um. The actress that plays Martha <laughs> in in Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, uh, she got a bit of stick uh, this week because she said that the Justice League film won't be as good as the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, I, I assume she'll be in it at some point in the Justice League film. Yeah. Oh, when her dead son returns, and she's like, oh, you're back. By the way, this film's going to suck. <laughs> But that's not something you want to say when you're in a movie, is it? Or I mean, this no. podcast sucks, but I don't say it. Oh, shit, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not a thing you say. You don't bite the hand that pays you lots of money. Yeah. Well, I don't, maybe she's not getting paid. Maybe she got screwed over and she's like, you know what? I'm just going to bad mouth. I was going to say trash talk then. I couldn't think. Bad trash talk. Bad trash talk the entire film. So, yeah, that's a bit of a weird one. It is a weird one. Uh, last bit of news. You probably don't care, but I care. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is being renewed for a fifth season, which is good because this one was looking pretty likely, season four was looking pretty likely to be its last one. Was it a bit of a weak season? Um, It's okay, it's not the strongest. I think season three has probably been the strongest mm. uh, of them all. As we speak, we're just entering the th- third phase of this season because what they've done... Uh, this year is split up the episodes into sort of arcs. So in the first third of of the series, we had Ghost Rider and this mystical book, The Darkhold, and Ghost Rider going after his uncle and the Darkhold and, and lots of mystical stuff. In the second part, we had uh, LMDs, uh, wrote life model decoy robots that were infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. and trying to get hold of the Darkhold for nefarious thought... purposes. And then the third bit is the Matrix, basically. <laughs> um, okay. I thought S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't? Right. <laughs> Are we going to get into how this? I, yeah, how am I going to explain? How am I Shall, gonna... Can you just round it up and say S.H.I.E.L.D. officially doesn't exist, but this is a splinter group of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Well, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> right. S.H.I.E.L.D. got destroyed in Winter Soldier, didn't it? Yeah. Because um, Hydra was in it. And the second half of season one was really good because it was uh, explaining the ramifications of that. And it was Coulson going after rogue agents, including Bill Paxton, who was great in it because he was a madman. Second season was in humans and uh, Sky realising that she's an inhuman called Quake. 
and then discovering an inhuman settlement who were ruled by a crazy life-draining woman who was Quake's mum. Third season was more inhuman stuff and ended with a giant, well, not a, a, a squid monster alien thing, which I liked! Squid it's Hydra, alien. wasn't it? Yes, it was the inspiration for Hydra. And then in this season, because of the Sokovia Accords, S.H.I.E.L.D. has been brought back into the public domain. So it exists again. But Coulson isn't the the director as he was when it was a secret underground organisation like it was in 2 and 3. So they've got Mace, uh, director Mace, who's... I thought you were saying, saying Mace all... Windu then, it's like <laughs> Samuel Jackson. <laughs> I was like, why are you saying, just say Nick Fury? No, it's not, it's not Nick Fury. That's confusing, though, isn't it? But yeah. Yeah, he's the sort of figurehead for it. But yeah, it's back for a fifth season. And because they cancelled Agent Carter, which I watched the second season. I didn't watch the first one, but that was pretty good. But I think what they're doing with season four is using it to round up leftover storylines from Agent Carter. Okay. And that's why they were worried, because they suddenly cancelled Agent Carter, which was doing well. So anything can happen, but it's back to season five, and that was a really rough, <laughs> really rough. rough and tumble Fair enough. of what the hell's going on in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I like, but maybe not everyone does. So, yeah, that's it, Chris. Anything else, or how do people get in touch with us? Uh, you can get in touch via email at wecouldsurvive.gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at wecouldsurvive. or on iTunes, YouTube, and Podomatic. Leave likes, reviews, comments, and... Just listen to the show, <laughs> please. <laughs> Tell a friend. I don't mean to brag, but I think the last couple of episodes have been pretty good. Yeah? Underappreciated. We're doing well. Like Dread. <laughs> like Dread. <laughs> we are the dread of podcasting. I don't think so. <laughs> no, Dread is the dread of we're the podcasting. Prometheus of podcasting. Oh, pr- oh no. <laughs> uh. Oh, I wondered why I was cramming in so many biblical <laughs> references. Jesus, there's another one. There we go. <laughs> um, okay. Next week, we're going to be doing an 80s horror film with a pun title, Chopping Mall. Because Shopping Mall, Chopping Mall. Uh, chopping Mall, I get it, yeah. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Until then, Chris, what do people need to do? you got to keep on surviving. And do not go to any weird alien planets, stick to your destination, and don't trust a sinister robot called David. If he's called Walter, but looks exactly the same, that's fine. That's another problem I've got with David, actually. <laughs> He had long blonde hair and he cut it and suddenly it was the same colour as Walter Fassbender's hair. Did he die in Prometheus? I no, I don't understand. It was, it was blonde in Prometheus. Yeah. So, but I don't think it died. He, he no, died he it. died it. I don't think I he don't died think it. his hair died. <laughs> if his hair died, he'd be bald. I don't know. I'm really confused by it. You're not the only one. Anyway, so long, suckers. <laughs>